Hey guys, welcome to a all new episode of a pro wrestling podcast with Matt and friends. I am your host, Matt Kazakowski. Alongside me today is former dude buster. If you know him best, uh, Mr. Kalen Croft, Chris Pavone, Chris, how you doing, man? Matt, doing wonderful. Thanks so much uh, for having me on. This is a lot of fun. Appreciate being here. Oh, oh dude. I'm excited. Um, like I was just telling you, I was a big fan of the dude busters. Huge fan, uh, very underrated team, and we're going to get into that in conversation here for sure. Um, we'll start simple. Um, were you a fan of pro wrestling when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> what, uh, what, um, what promotions were you into? Yeah, so just for kind of a time reference, uh, I'm, I'm 41 today, so you know, I was born in 1980, so I got into wrestling when I was 10, 10, 11 and I was uh, uh, WWF, like that's what I was exposed to, at, you know, from the beginning. I grew up in the Northeast. I'm from Ohio. Well, that's the Midwest, but I, I think it's more Northeast. But anyway, Northeast Ohio in the Midwest. And uh, um, yeah, WWF, uh, SummerSlam 1990 was the first pay-per-view I remember seeing. My, my cousin ordered it. Um, and this goes back to when you know, it was only on pay-per-view in, in some areas you couldn't even get pay-per-view. Like I could not get it at my house. So, um, you know, it, that added to the big event feel, you know, you had to go to someone like my cousin would get, you had to go to someone else's house to watch the pay-per-views. And so, yeah. And, and from age about age 10, I was pretty much hooked on it from up until the time I got into it. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's probably the same story as me, 10, 11, you know, I got into it and I've been hooked ever since and I'll be 30 this year. So, I, uh, wrestling, uh, a lot of people start at that age, man. It's, uh, it's, uh, interesting, interesting stories for sure. Um, when you got started into it, when you started watching and stuff, did you always tell yourself like, this is something I wanted to do, or did that come at an older age? Yeah, it it did not come much long after that. I can remember being about 12 years old and, and just kind of, it was almost like, like a download of all of a sudden I just, it wasn't even like a realization. It was just like, yeah, this is what I want to do. In fact, I remember one time uh, Monday Night Raw was on. I still remember the match. It was, uh, it was Razor Ramon versus Bastion Booger. And my sister was wanting to watch something else. And I wanted to watch Raw, which by the way, you know, I grew up, you know, middle class. We, we had like four TVs in the house, but like there was like the one TV that everybody wanted to watch. You know, it's not like <laughs> right. we only had one TV. Up. but anyway my, my sister was you know we were arguing about that and she's like mom this wrestling stuff's so stupid she goes this this is what he wants to do with his life and I remember thinking yeah I do actually <laughs> so that's like the one time I remember you know like this is what I want to do and um yeah so that was the case um you know, when I got into high school you know same thing well, I mean, you got uh, you got signed uh, by OVW. That was your first promotion, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that must have been such a cool feeling to say, like, I grew up watching the WWF and I got signed straight to them um, by doing OVW. I mean, so that was probably a huge honor for you. Yeah, it really was. And so the way that worked, uh, so, you know, I get into high school and, and – and I would say, you know, age 12, I'm like, yeah, this is what, what, what I want to do. But it, it's funny how, um, 
you know, three, three years as an adult, hopefully we're always growing and learning stuff, but not a ton, not a ton of time, right? Three years. Um, as a kid, age 12 to 15, that's like a world of difference, you know? Oh yeah. So by the time I was 15, I was a sophomore in high school. That's when I really was like serious about like, wow, man, that's, that's what I want to do. And I started training all the time for it. And by training, I mean, I just started working out. I thought, um, you know, I'm a smaller guy, uh, but let me start working out and be in shape. And, and, and uh, so that's what I started to do. And uh, it, it turns out when I got into wrestling, I really wasn't a smaller guy. You know, I'm 5'11", 200 pounds when I was wrestling. That's kind of like Shawn Michaels, you know, Brett, like, like that's, you know, that started to kind of shift. And you didn't have to be 6'6 anymore to, you know, make right. it in wrestling. But, but anyway, I, I just thought this is what I want to do. And, and I was really focused on that. And then it's funny because, you know, and this is the, the mid nineties and, you know, wrestling was not cool then. Um, <laughs> this is right before the, the boom, the attitude era that, that happened when I was in college and uh, man, it was like me and one other guy in my high school were, were diehard wrestling fans. You know, it wasn't like, you know, it was like a popular thing. All right. Shoot, I didn't care. Yeah, that's that's I knew what I wanted to do with my life. And, and so when I graduated high school, my parents can see like, you know, I was serious about it. So they said, look, if you're serious about this wrestling thing, just just stay in school. You got to go to school and we'll be supportive of this. And um, so this ties in with how I ended up at OVW. So my plan was to, uh, you know, immediately find a place and start training right after high school. But it had to be something that fit with my my school and work schedule. So. I, I lived at home. I went to the local university, Youngstown State University, uh, and I worked at the Youngstown Country Club in Youngstown, Ohio. So um, I needed something within driving distance of where I lived. And so, uh, man, and this is a good principle, I think, of um, making things happen, but also they happen at the right time. <laughs> right, right, right. It took, yeah, it took me three years to find a training school because you know, I, I would find something, but it was, um, it met during the week and it was too far of a drive and I just couldn't do it. Or I'd find a place that met on the weekends and I'd go visit and like, you know, I, I knew it wasn't a good school. Um, I'm not going to give this, pe- you know, these people my money. And, and then, man, I, it took three years, but um, I read all the magazines. I read PWI, Ohio Valley Wrestling. This is in 2001 early 2001 did not get a lot of press and um i somehow found out about them and they had a beginner's class that met on saturdays and and this was like a new thing at the time they were a wwf developmental territory yep and i thought man how have i never heard of this place so i called them up and it was um i talked to nick dinsmore who was you know eugene he he ran the beginner's class um and yeah, it was once a week on Saturdays for two hours, and uh, it was five hundred dollars. And I thought, man, th- this sounds um, like I want to do this. Now, the only kind of issue was uh, Louisville was a six-hour car ride from where I lived in Youngstown, Ohio. So I was like, well, it's a bit of a uh, car, uh, car, bit of a car drive. Um, meanwhile, I got picked as a finalist in the first Tough Enough, <laughs> so. There was 250 people that got to go to New York City, WWF New York. And um, so that happened in February. And um, 
I, I remember my sister came with me and I remember saying to her, I said, I said if I don't get picked for this, I'm, I'm signing up and I'm going to OBW, Ohio Valley Wrestling in Louisville. And I remember my sister saying to me, Chris, you can't commute to Louisville, Kentucky. And um, I thought, well, sure you can, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so I, that's what I did. I did not make it to Tough Enough. Um, I remember meeting Nydia there, actually, which was funny, because if you remember, she won the first one. Yep. And uh, and so, um, yeah, so I, that May, I started I, I started driving down, and I did that uh, every single weekend uh, for a year. And um, so this is a lot of backstory, but it builds into how, how I arrived there. And, and so the way it was set up then was there was the beginner's class, and then there was the contracted class. And... Um, the contracted class met met during the week, and um, at that time you had um, John Cena, Randy Orton, Batista, uh, Brock, Shelton Benjamin. These are the guys you know in class. Um, now some of them would come to the, the to the Saturday class, and that's where I met Cena for the first time. That's where I met Batista. So I'm like, and you know, keep in mind, right? These guys aren't on TV yet, but I know yep. I knew who they were because at that time I started reading more about OVW and, you know, and, and I knew, you know, some of these guys, um, Rob Conway was also there. Very underrated and, performer. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, Rob was really helpful to me. So uh, there's another principle here. I think it, it, it's like when we're willing to go after something to go out of our way to really make something happen, I think the right people will notice us and are, and are there to, are there to help. So, the first thing was when I, when I started in class, I was one of the only guys that looked like he had like been to the gym, which, okay, that will help me stand out a little bit. And I remember like being kind of confused, like, um, you know, to me, it always went hand in hand. You don't have to be Mr. Olympia, but at least, you know, look like an athlete. And uh, so um, that kind of made me stand out. I had a little bit of natural ability. And then the fact that I was driving 12 hours round trip, um, and I think Nick was excited. Nick Dinsmore was excited to work with someone who was, he saw I was doing that. So he, he gave me some like um, extra attention, I guess, you know, but I think he was excited to work with somebody that was really eager to learn and wanting to do this. And um, after about a month, uh, he let me stay with him because I would just get a hotel or something. And um, so around this time, this is where I got to know uh, Cena. Uh, Cena helped me out a lot when I was new, Rob Conway. Um, shortly after that, uh, Johnny Jeter, who was Johnny from the Spirit Squad, yep. he, he joined the amateur class, and then so did Mark Capani, who was wrestled as Mark Magnus, and he was Muhammad Hassan. Um, so the three of us were kind of, um, you know, like the standout guys in the class. Uh, Chris Kay, who be, who was a referee in WWE for a lot of years, was in there as well. And um, and after about a year, it had never been done before, but we had then we got. Um, we get moved into the contracted class, which was a pretty, pretty uh, cool thing. And, and so the other thing that happened was, um, you know, we got to meet Jim Cornette. Cornette ran OVW TV and we started getting booked on OVW TV, which was like to, to us, to me, a really big deal. Um, Cause WWE got to see, got to watch that. And, um, and, and so, uh, yeah, I, I kind of viewed, viewed it as a business decision. Like what a great place to start a career, you know, here in OVW where it's under the eye of WWE. So I think that um, 
and then once I graduated college and moved down there full time, and, and by this time I was a few years into it, and I was being used full time on the show. Um, I was OVW Southern Tag Team Champion before I had a WWE contract. Uh, and that was a great experience to get to learn from Jim Cornette and how TV works and all of that. Oh, no, absolutely. And uh, so, we'll definitely touch base on those uh, title runs you had in OVW. But uh, Nick Dinsmore, another another guy who's very underrated. A lot of people look at him as Eugene and don't understand that he was actually a really badass wrestler in OVW. And uh, him and Rob Conway as a tag team was awesome. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it's going weird. So OVW, you were tag team champion three times. Uh, you were former OVW heavyweight champion. Um, let's let's take these step by step here. So um, OVW first tag team title run, first two was with Tank Tolan and Adrenaline. Um, did you meet him during your training classes, or did you meet him like they just kind of threw you guys together? How did that come about? Yeah, so I had mentioned how uh, me and Johnny Jeter and Magnus were like the first guys to kind of break through and get into the contract class without a contract. Yeah. Um, in, in a way we we're kind of like trailblazers, I, I guess. Cause it, cause what started to happen was, um, I don't know exactly what happened, but that started to happen more and more. And, and this is probably a year and a half later since I started OVW actually held open tryouts where you can, and a lot of guys and girls came and, um, uh, you can come and try out for like three or four days. And then they were going to hand select people to come train at OVW. Like no, no guarantees or nothing, but you can come train. So it was mixed in with contracted guys and guys that didn't have contracts. And, and, and a lot of people that came from that school or from that tryout that would then go on later to get contracts were Tank Tolan. That's where Tank came from. Uh, Julian Hall, uh, Shad, who unfortunately, you know, passed away last year. Right. Um, JTG, um, the JTG came down on his own, but um, uh, Domino, you know, from um, yep. Bruce and Domino, um, quite a, and then, and then you get guys like Joey Mercury came in on his own without a contract. Um, and you had um, uh, uh, Matt Capitelli and Morrison, John Morrison, yep. that came from, they had one tough enough three around that time. They had contracts, but they were brand new. Uh, so um, my friend Wable Star, I don't know if you're familiar with Wable. Him, so, no. Okay. We, we had a great mix of like really talented guys, some contracts, some non-contracted. And, and so that's where Tank came from. And the way him and I became a team was we started, when I say we, like me and Jeter and Mark, we started as like enhancement talent on OBW TV. And then Cornette wrote, wrote us into the show, which, like I said before, was a he has a big deal because, um, you know, it was it was on TV and WWE watched that show, so it was really that helped me get seen quicker. I feel, and um, he formed Adrenaline with me and Nova, um, and that was cool because I was a fan of Nova's and ECW, and him and I were a team. And Cornette said, "I'm going to put the tag belts on you guys," and then Nova um, injured his knee. And so we had to have a replacement. So Jimmy decided to put me and tank together with, with uh, Nova as our manager. So, yep. and then they put the tag titles on us at six flags. Um, the six flag shows were like the big, like the kind of like the pay-per-views. Those were like the big events yep. uh, of the summer. And we I won remember those too. 
Yeah. Yeah, those those were a lot of fun. They're outside and uh we won them from Renee Dupree and um Lance Cade. If I remember correctly, yeah. That's an interesting team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They were in bowling services together. <laughs> Which you ended up joining eventually. Uh no, no, I never not bowling services. I um I turned hill though. So maybe that's what you're thinking of. No, I've seen because uh on uh, OVW's uh tag team championships on the Wikipedia, it has you and the Miz listed as bowling services, which is kind of weird because I didn't think you ever joined them. Oh no, yeah, yeah, that, that's incorrect. You are correct. That's incorrect information. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> For sure, it makes sense. Um yeah, yeah. Now Nova, a lot of people, I don't think know Nova just by Nova. They know him by either Hollywood Nova as part of the Blue World Order, or they know him by Simon Dean, who wrestled in WWE from like 2005, 2007. Um, but yeah, I, I watched a couple of those matches too, and you guys had really good chemistry, you and Nova. Um, very good performer. Very awesome, uh, for sure. And you and Tank, you guys had good chemistry, too, as a tag team. Uh, you guys were tag team champions, uh, was it twice, right? Um, yeah. And you guys had a, a decent run, your first run. You guys had over a 100-day run. Um, but, yeah, no, good chemistry. And and you don't see that, you know, a lot with, with newer tag teams right off the bat. You don't see really good chemistry, and you guys had it. Um now let's let's kind of talk about you and the Miz being a tag team. Um, a lot of people I don't think know that one um, that you were a tag team with the Miz. Uh, what was that like? Yeah, it's kind of a crazy story too that goes with it. So it was a lot of fun. I loved teaming with the Miz. So there's kind of a lot that goes with it. So um, the way so timeline wise again i was um but by this time i had gone up on the road as a singles guy and um performing wwe house shows got good reviews so the word tommy dreamer was the uh, head of talent relations at this point or uh, he, he was the um yeah talent really head of talent relations and uh so so you know the, the word was from him was like look you know they really like you we're just trying to find just trying to find the, something to do with you um, you know, you're ready to come up to the main roster. And then uh, summer of 2005, I, I went on the road because uh, Val Venus got hurt, I remember. They needed a baby face. And then um, meanwhile, Matt Capitelli and The Miz were, were going to be a tag team. And, and the gimmick was reality TV stars, you know, Matt from Tough Enough, Miz from the real world. Right. And then the next week, like they were supposed to go on the road the next week, and then Matt got hurt. And they get a concussion. So they kept me on the road and put me in the Miz together. So like pretty much all the summer of 2005, the Miz and I did all the raw house shows, which was a lot of fun, but I was kind of just feeling, filling in for Matt. And then that fall, Matt came back and Matt and Miz were back together. And then I remember I was back in OVW and, um, you know, I was kind of bored. I, I've been a babyface there. Um, you know, for four years, really, I've been under contract for two years now. And um, me and Johnny Jeter had been, you know, legit, like really good friends since we met for years. So uh, Jeter was like, was like the top heel on OVW TV. But this time, Paul Heyman was writing TV. So we went to Paul and said, um, 
you know, let me turn heel and let me and Jeter do like a, like a group thing. And um, so Paul was like, I don't know. And I'd never been a heel before. So they, we did it. And um, that's how I turned heel. It was a lot of fun. But the way I turned heel was it was supposed to be me and Matt versus Jeter and Mark Henry. And uh, right before the match, I turn on Matt. And um, I've never, ever, um, to the best of my knowledge, uh, guys, guys always loved working with me. I never injured anybody. I was never stiff. But when I hit Matt, I knocked him out. He just dropped. Oh, like, man. oh man, yeah. And um, so you know, we and, and so I get on top of him, and um, he's like, "Cage." He's like, "What happened?" And um, so I'm like, "All right, just just listen." And, and, and then it was kind of funny. We all joked about this after because Mark Henry, he had to take a bunch of slams from Mark Henry, and um, so he's getting slammed and he's out on his feet. But also when you when you get body slam, you have to post for the guy or, or it's really heavy. Luckily, Mark is the world's strongest man. He was able to like shoot, pick Matt up and slam him. And, and Mark knew he was out on his feet. So we, we took care of him. And so um, anyway, we get to the back and I felt terrible. And Matt's already starting to feel better. And he's like, Cage, don't worry about it, man. I'm fine. So anyway, I went to the doctor with him that night and they, they did a CAT scan just to be sure everything was okay. And that's when they found out he had the brain tumor. Oh man. Which was, yeah. So, you know, that was, um, that was a lot. Right. And it's kind of like, um, had he not got knocked out, I'm, I'm not taking credit for that. It, God works in mysterious ways. Had, had he not got knocked out, they wouldn't have found the brain tumor and who knows yeah. when it would have. So, um, so, but now, you know, in, in the professional side of things, it's like, well, all right, so Matt's out. So let's put Cage back with the Miz. So that's how I got put back with the Miz. And then I, we went back up on the road. Uh, that, that, like, I remember <laughs> that Raw was a rough one because um, Christmas was on a, um, Christmas Day was on a Sunday that year. So Raw was live December 26th. So I remember we had to fly out at like five in the morning the day after Christmas. But um, anyway, me and the Miz started doing house shows and all the Raws again. And uh, um, yeah, and so him and I, so going back to when we first teamed, you know, he because Miz was newer. And, and it was funny because I didn't know anything about him other than what I had seen on the real world. So it's kind of like, man, you know, is this guy like committed? Like what? you know, is he going to take this seriously? And, and right away we hit it off, you know, everybody loved Miz or loves Miz. And, and so, but now, now, you know, I was like a replacement before, but now it's an official thing. Like Chris Cage and the Miz are going to be a team, same gimmick, reality TV stars. And uh, we did all the raw house shows like February, March. And then we got the word that we're debuting on SmackDown in April of that year. But that didn't How happen. Yeah, um, because uh, you guys won the tag titles in OVW. And then I think yeah. uh, if I read it correctly, within less than a month or over a month, you were let go from your contract, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. How did how did that happen? How did you take the news for that? Ooh, yeah, so, um, so, so one thing I, I can – sorry, I just got – Put my phone away, dude. I just distracted. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's a happy ending because of where I'm at today. But at the time, man, dude, I was 
devastated because here's here's you know how how it went um i i was um you know in ovw for a few years now you know i'm good to go all the reports to me are good we just need to find the right gimmick for this guy and, and they found the right gimmick and then all of a sudden it's like boom but now i'm fired it's like whoa wait what oh in fact we we had even started filming vignettes the miz and i um i don't know if you remember but um and yet aired for the Miz right. on SmackDown. We're going to SmackDown. It was just him. And he's and um and even then I, this is before I got fired. And I'm like, you know, my still he, you never know at WWE, right? So I remember talking to one of the writers that was working with us. I was like, I'm still in, right? He's like, Oh yeah. So we, we got the script and we're gonna film a vignette to air the following week. And um it was gonna be more of the Miz. And then I, I still remember reading the email, I turned the camera around. And it's on me and we're filming each other doing crazy whack. And we're like reality TV stars. Yeah. So um, what happened though, the week before uh, we all went out, like, you know, we always do. Uh, we, a lot of us did in that day. And um, so the other thing going on with me at this time, my personal life is out of control. Um, drinking all the time. Th there was no wellness policy uh, then. Um, and, and, and so, uh, you know, I'm not a lot of partying. Um, you know, I'm not blaming that. I, I made all my choices, but right, I, I participated right. in that. So I remember St. Patrick's Day 2006, we all go out one night and um, next day I wake up in the hospital and uh, didn't know how I got there. And when you don't, when you wake up in the hospital and don't know how you got there, you know, that's a, um, that's a really strange feeling. And uh, what had happened was, so I nearly died from, everything I was putting into my body and the way I was partying, the way I was living. And um, it finally, you know, it finally caught up with me. Meanwhile, the wellness policy, are, are you familiar with that? Uh, now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It just went into effect like that week. So there, you know, cause Ed, Eddie had died, you know, uh, back in November, uh, I think Aunt World Warrior Anna or um, I'm sorry, World Warrior Hawk had passed away at like age 40. Um, you know, and I think in addition, in my opinion, in addition to the bad press that gets, I think WWE also wanted to start cracking down on a lot of the partying and stuff that was going on. So to kind of protect people as well and protect them. Oh, for sure. They had the wellness policy. And, and so I remember, um, you know, I'm the new guy coming in. I'm debuting that week on SmackDown. This was on a Sunday. We're debuting on Tuesday. That's what SmackDown was filmed Tuesday. And, uh, and Johnny called me. It was like, John Laurinaitis is like, what happened? And I explained what happened. And he's like, this, this looks bad. You know, he goes, this looks real bad. Um, he's like, I got to talk to Vince. We're going to talk to, we're, we're going to talk to Vince about you. And, and they held a meeting about me with Vince. It's like, oh my gosh, man. What? And Johnny calls me back and he's like, he goes, Vince thinks you, um, you need to go away and get, and get better. And, uh, I was like, oh my gosh. So I was like devastated. You know, this was my whole everything and everything was right right there man like we had gear we, we we were um like i thought they would come back and say okay never mind just you know behave yourself because yeah. we were playing it was already written in and we're gonna debut and uh so so then you know and i, I screwed the miz up because now you know they don't know what to do with him and he has to sit out a little bit longer you know he, we didn't have any issues or anything every everybody was glad i was okay really um but i was devastated so um, and, and then what ended up happening was I think like that, no, that fall, fall 2006, Miz debuted as like the Ryan Seacrest. Yeah. Where 
he was like a hype guy or something right for the that. for the diva search i think yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so i'm glad it all worked out for the Miz. he's done he's done wonderful oh yeah i, I mean two-time well. world champion <laughs> intercontinental champion like dude dude is definitely a future hall of famer for sure yeah. um yeah I mean, you did have a great career, though, in OVW, being tag team champion three times, being a former world champion. You carved your name in that history. Um, that must have been one of the highlights of your career, for sure. Dude, it was, man. And, and you know, it, it meant a lot to me to win the OVW tag titles, and it really meant a lot to me to win the heavyweight title because, um, like I said, I started my career there. And when I started, when I first started training there, um, Rico Constantino was the champ. Remember Rico? Yep. And um, it's hard to forget guys, Rico if you're an actual fan of wrestling. <laughs> yes, Rico was great. And, and a lot the guys that held that belt, man, those were like guys I really respected. You know, some of my trainers, you know, John Cena, Nick Dinsmore, Rob Conway, uh, Doug Basham, uh, yep. the, uh, some underrated guys, the Basham brothers. And uh, so yeah, I love the that, I love them. The Bashams were awesome. Oh, they were great, man. I learned a lot. Um, from Doug, Doug Basham. Um, but yeah, the people that held that title, um, Rip Rogers. <laughs> yep. Yeah, for sure. I was really proud of that. Yeah. That's an awesome moment. Uh, so tell us what it was like when you got the phone call saying WWE was interested in bringing you back. Yeah. And so um, the way that worked was, um, again, kind of some of my own doing. So when I got when I got fired in 2006, like I said, I was devastated. And I just was like, you know, I, I needed to get my own personal stuff in order. And um, and so I moved back home to Ohio and did some like indie shows. And uh, but I was just like a mess, you know. And, and so I, I moved back to Louisville like a year later. Still did some stuff from OVW uh, without a contract. And um, OVW then. I'm sorry, WWE then pulled out of OVW and uh, um, they moved to Florida FC, uh, for Florida. FCW, yep. So now, yeah, OVW is back to what it was originally, where, where it's you know not, not associated with WWE, but it's Ohio Valley Wrestling run by Nightmare Danny Davis. And uh, when WWE left, uh, I was able to do more on the shows now because, like I said, I didn't have a contract. And um, so I, I, I just, you know, my, my thinking was, my goal was to get back with WWE. My thinking was I might as well stay around OBW. I'm still welcome there. Even after I got fired, Danny Davis, you know, let me stay around there. And, and I thought this is still a great place to learn and improve. Um, and it was, a, it was a good move because that fall, this was fall of 2008, Laurinaitis came down to look at guys. And, um, and so that's how I got in front of, WWE again and, and Laurinaitis came down and uh by this time I, I had you know gotten myself straight and got, got uh, stopped drinking and, and all that and you know we learn right right and I got more mature if you want to say like that um I'm still not very mature today but I stopped you know <laughs> doing all the really dumb stuff right and so um Laurinaitis came down and and you know there was like I think um I don't know, 50 or 60 wrestlers there. And man, you know, after we were done, uh, I went right up to Johnny and I was like, Hey, can I talk to you? And he said, sure. And, uh, you know, I told him, I was like, look, you know, I'm really sorry for the way what happened last time. And I realized the position I put the company in and, and I can tell you, I've done some things to, you know, straighten myself out. And, and, uh, 
And Johnny says, well, he goes, I hated to fire you because you're really good. And uh, I remember thinking, okay, well, this is, that's, that's good. <laughs> and he goes, well, he goes, um, would you be willing to go to Florida? And I, and I said, I'd love to go to Florida. I thought he meant for a tryout with FCW. Um, but he meant just, you know, getting re-signed. And he, was, and he said, all right, Chris. He's like, well, he's like, you're, you're one of the guys on my list. Um, then he goes, he goes, you have some people rooting for you too. He goes, but you probably knew that, huh? Because also at this time, um, Tommy Dreamer, who is always a supporter of mine, had been talking to John. Hey, man, why don't you give Cage another shot? I remember John Morrison told me that he saw, saw Johnny at TV and was like, hey, man, just rehire Cage. <laughs> so That's awesome. We would, that appreciated and um but you know a- anyway a week later i found out i got rehired and um the people that got hired with me were myself uh ryback um abraham washington and fletcher chase i don't know if you're familiar with him i don't remember uh, him abraham washington i do remember uh yeah. ryback obviously you can't forget ryback um yeah. but yeah the other one i don't remember uh, Fletch was a um, uh, extremely underrated talent. I felt he could wrestle, but even more so, he was a great manager. And uh, Dusty Rhodes had him do commentary. And he, he was like uh, he was like a Bobby Heenan. He was so good. And I don't know why they let him go, but anyway, the the four of us got um, re-signed. And man, I was so I couldn't believe it. You know, I was so I was really really uh, happy. And um, oh, for sure, man. I mean. That's that's a lot of people's goal is to be in WWE. I mean, now you got more promotions out there that people are like, yeah, I'm good with either one. But um, yeah, which Trent is in one of them right now, which we'll talk about him right now uh, coming up here. Um, the Dude Busters was formed in FCW. Um, it started with just you and Trent, where then you guys added Kurt Hawkins, and then when you guys got called up, you you and Trent got called up just as you guys. Um, tell us how the dude busters were formed. Tell us about how you met Trent and how that became a thing. Uh, let's talk about that. Yeah. Uh, so I came to FCW in December of 2008 and it was really cool because Dr. One, like I said, I was just so ecstatic to get my, get rehired and I got to come to Florida, which I was like, this is freaking amazing. Um, (laughs) Another cool thing. Dr. Tom Pritchard was the head trainer, doc, somebody, I've always loved over my career. He he's the he hired me the first time. He was head of talent relations then. Um, and um, so Doc was the head trainer. I had a good rapport with him. Norman Smiley, yeah. Who I'm like, uh, I'm one of the guys. I, I've been am aware of this, and I've been told everyone liked me. Kofi Kingston's like that. Norman is like. Everybody loves Norman. No, and, and he's been in the business like 30 plus years. Like nobody has a bad thing to say about Norman Smiley. So him and Doc were the main trainers. I, I knew Steve Kern from when I was with WWE before. Um, Dusty was here. And it was just, man, it, it was just great. And then the one thing I noticed right away was there was, by this time in developmental, there was no non-contract guys. It was all contracted guys. And, and a lot of the contracted guys, some of them were new. Uh, Bo Dallas. Um, yep was pretty new um joe henning was pretty new and, and so i you know i came in i was kind of like a veteran guy i had seven years in at that point so um came in you know mixed i, I knew probably half the guys the, the other ones i got to know and become good friends with like kurt hussey or uh fandango uh yep. Heath slater 
Um, that's where I, uh, that's where I met all those guys. Wade Barrett, Seamus, uh, and man, it just just had the best time. And, and um, almost immediately, people were like, "Oh, you and Trent Beretta should be a tag team. You guys kind of look alike." <laughs> and so, the uh, other different thing about FCW was, you know, OVW was fun because Cornette ran it like a territory. It was storylines made sense and stuff built off each other. And like I said, I learned how to do TV and get time cues. FCW, there really wasn't a lot of that. It was more of like directly under the, the eye of WWE. And they, you might try out different gimmicks week to week on TV. And, and, it, and it doesn't have, it didn't have to make sense storyline wise. You know, there really weren't coherent storylines. Um, so me and Trent, I think my second week there, they put us together as, as a team. Trent, Brett, and Kaylin Croft. Um, I had watched um, Wedding Crashers. And at the <laughs> end, Will Ferrell is Chaz. And um, Trent and I's first match together, that's where I did I did that. I got it from yeah. Will Ferrell. And all the boys popped. So I'm like, okay, that's usually an indicator that it's something. And, um, <laughs> every After the match, everybody was like, man, great, great match. You guys look awesome together. And um, yeah, we just stayed together ever since and um and then uh trent was um him and tony niece on the indies were the dude busters okay i didn't know they were the dude busters i know trent was in the premier athlete brand i didn't know they were called the dude busters though yeah and i don't know how much they used it or you know to what extent and trent would talk about it he's like yeah the dude busters we should call ourselves the dude busters i was like what is that dude busters you know and um at one point, I can't remember when we started using it, but Dusty went with it, and um, and then they put the tag belts on us, and we just had fun with it. I, mean, you know, I think probably some of our best stuff is in FCW as a dude. Oh busters. yeah, and yeah, we just had fun, and then we're just being ourselves, and and um, uh, and then that summer, um, Kurt Hawkins did a very smart thing. He he was a good friend of ours, and he. You know, it, it was like six months or so now after his run with as the Edgehead, and if you remember, Zach Ryder went right to ECW and yeah. did the the jersey gimmick, and they didn't have anything for Hawkins. So Hawkins thought, you know, you know, I'm out of sight, out of mind, and I'm 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 going to be out of shape. So he he <laughs> came down on his own dime and trained with us, and then I think we asked Dusty if we can do a three man thing, you know, like the Mean Street Posse. Yeah. That's how Hawkins came in. And uh and that was fun. And they actually talked about bringing us up that way. There was talk um in, in that summer of us being a three man. That would have been fun. Oh, I think I think it would have been awesome. Um, but then you guys wouldn't have had such great chemistry against Archer and uh Hawkins yeah, and tag right. matches. And those matches yeah. honestly it and the entire time of watching pro wrestling, those were some of the fun, funnest matches I've ever watched is you and Trent versus Hawkins and Archer. One of the best times, man. I, I love them. Um, there's always one part that always gets me is uh, there's a match you guys had against them. Um, and Hawkins was wearing red pants and Trent just turns to him and he's like, hey, cool red pants, man. I was like, that's the best. I, 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 don't... I think I remember that. Yeah, that's very Trent. <laughs> it was it was just the best and it just made you guys so much fun man you guys just had such cool chemistry and it was just an awesome time um you guys were obviously one of the focal points in fcw when you were there one of the best in the tag divisions um 
you guys got moved up to ECW. You guys were in ECW for a little bit until it shut down. Um, and then went to SmackDown. Tell us about how the main roster was for you. Yeah. So, um, which by the way, I, I think I'm remembering this. So it was pretty funny. Hawkins was a fan of me because <laughs> when he was, he got the OVW DVDs when he was in college and heel Chris Cage wore the leather pants. And um, that's where he got the leather pants from. I think I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive. Uh, that's anyway. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, okay. So when we, uh, um, yeah, so we, we do the Dude Buster, and they must have decided they weren't going to bring us up as a three-man group. And um, like that November, Edge came down to FCW. And, um, and oh, this was really cool. So, you know, I'm like eight years in at this point, and uh, this is one of the things I appreciate, appreciate about Kurt Hawkins. He... he uh, he never lost his fandom and I never really did either. Right? And, and um, it made it that much cooler, I think, to appreciate, but, but there did become a numbing down of that for sure. Once you're working with somebody, you know, it was really neat to be a fan of a guy, but once you're, you're, it's like you, they're a peer or you work with them. Right. Um, so um, that had kind of worn off until I got to hang out with edge <laughs> like the um because hawkins do edge and um from his time as the edge i don't care remember if he was rehabbing something or what but uh anyway we um he was down there for like a month fcw he rided to the shows with us one night he cooked he had me him and trent over to his house um he lives here in tampa and he cooked a steak you know he's a great great guy so i got to know him that way and i actually made a i made a drawing of i made a painting of him when i was in high in college that i gave, gave awesome. to him that he really appreciated. So, but I just remember thinking, you know, Edge is such a cool guy. That part of me was still kind of like, oh wow, this was um, the eighteen-year-old in me is like, this is pretty cool. Um, so anyway, Michael Hayes came down one time, or I can't remember now, but Trent and I had a match in front of like Michael Hayes, and Edge was like I said, had been there, and he was. And the story I was told was Edge told Michael, "Look, man." bring Croft and Beretta up. These guys are good. They're ready. Just bring these guys up. And, and then, you know, how it can often go. I remember I got a call like on a Thursday. They're like, hey, you're needed for TV. Um, actually, it was a Sunday, I think. They were filming ECW because um, the Thanksgiving holiday. And uh, all right, so we go to ECW. And uh, they're like, yeah, you're debuting tonight. So, like, okay, cool. Now, the – Earlier at the beginning of this, we talked about the fin our finisher move, the uh, yep. atomic drop into me. So the way that came about was um, we didn't have a finisher. And, like, I really didn't think about it until we were there. Because FCW, we were heels. And, like, Dusty would always book us to, like, steal it. Yeah. Or, you know, we'd always, like, you know, go over with, like, a roll-up and pull the tights or some sort of misdirection. And so we never really needed a finish. So we got up there. I remember Dean Malenko was like, what y'all's finish? We were like. Uh, oh, I remember I, I, I made up something like, cause I, I thought of that, like the day we were there, I'm like, oh man, like this, like I didn't think about it. Like, we don't have a finisher. So I just made this up. I was like, we do a double DDT and they're like, nah, we don't like that. That's doesn't look safe. And so hey, fit Finley came up with, with that for us, the, the atomic job into the running knee. So that's where that was born. And, um, and yeah, we didn't have much, they didn't give us much direction. They're just like, you debuted tonight against two locals which um you know it's 
not ideal and, and but but whatever it was all good up you know, we were excited and it's kind of hard just to beat up somebody that's you know for five minutes you yeah know what i mean it's like we're, we're not monsters but uh but whatever that's how we debuted we did that for a few weeks and then um ecw was fun because um nothing changed meaning jen bloodsworth who is a a, a great writer she's a comedy writer she, uh, we still stay in touch today she wrote for ecw then and she would text us like the night before it was like this is what you guys are doing tomorrow and it, it would never change um smackdown and raw would change um multiple times throughout the day yeah but um ecw was fun you knew what you were doing shortly after that we um we feuded with yoshi tatsu and goldust that was cool because goldust was one of the um like maybe the only guy that was still there that I watched like as a kid. So like getting to work with him was really cool. You know, Dustin Rhodes, you know, that was really awesome. Um, so yeah, that, that, you know, that, and that, it was a lot of fun. And, and um, Yoshi broke my nose pretty bad on one episode. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and then, you know, we got word that ECW, they were going to shut it down and um, Lauren Aitis held a meeting with all of us and he, he, just said, don't worry, you know, no one's going anywhere. We're just shutting down the brand of ECW. And people got dispersed to Raw and SmackDown. I remember we debuted on SmackDown that night, actually. We wrestled on ECW, and then we wrestled that night at the SmackDown taping. We debuted against Crime Time. And, um, yeah, and I'll, I'll pause there if you have any questions. <laughs> oh, no, man, you're good. Yeah, no, I – um. I know SmackDown was a little bit of fun for you guys. You guys turned face on SmackDown, um, which was yeah. cool. It gave you guys more of that witty comedy stuff going on. And I think that's what made the Dude Busters the Dude Busters is because you guys had those fun antics. Um, yeah. It. We know that it was not a short while after um, the SmackDown where you ended up getting let go. Um, now, how, how did that come about? Yeah, so um, let's see, it was actually about a year, I guess, from SmackDown to when I got let go. And um, which I guess isn't that long, but it was. Um, so yeah, we did. So yeah, we did on SmackDown, and I, I was fired up for that because just for me personally, um, it was like a a full circle thing, right? I, I was like a throwback to OVW. Well, well, yeah, that and um. That and then also, you know, I was days away from debuting on SmackDown in 2006. Yeah. You know, got all messed up. So getting able to come back through all that and debut on SmackDown again, you know, in a different role, but still being on the show, that was for me like a cool, you know, neat personal thing. And um, and then shortly after that, we, we feuded with TJ and Harry, had great matches yep. with them, the Hulk Foundation. That was fun. So you always have good matches with your friends, usually. We're buddies with them and Natty. Then we went on the European tour and, um, but, you know, it's kind of like after that, it's, you know, it was kind of like they never really had any plans for us, even from the beginning. And, and, and you can definitely do something about that, but not always, <laughs> you know? Well, I know they so had that whole thing with you guys where you guys were backstage helping them move to sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that was weird because I, yeah, I remember um, one of the writers, I forget his name, a really great guy. Cause we, we weren't in a lot of stuff. And I remember we saw him that day and he goes, ah, just the guys I'm looking for. He goes, he goes, you got a lot to do today. And we're like, Oh, sweet. And we had, yeah, we had, I think we were in four segments on SmackDown, you know, being dude busters. Like we're literally, we think we're literally moving. So let's pack up. Yeah. 
we put Vicky in the moving truck at the end of the show. And, um, and then we are like, oh, sweet. So they're going to start using us more. And um, so that was cool. Then the next week, they're like, you're not needed for TV. <laughs> We're like, what? You know? That's a bummer. Um, yeah. And, and so, but, you know, we were there and, um, you know, we always had good matches on Velocity with, with Hawkins and Ryan, or um, Archer and Hawkins, or uh, I think we worked MVP and... Um, JTG. So yeah yeah a few times him and i trent and i would have some single matches and and um so you know we, we, were, we were just kind of there um but uh um the other thing so when i got let go yeah i, I was surprised um and because i thought that they would um they keep me around to just you know i can work with anybody um you know i could teach the younger guys i thought they'd keep me around for that you yeah know, um you remember how like scotty too hot he was like in the like early 2000s you know in or, or um you know even bob holly like I, I thought they'd have me around for like stuff like that so and then i saw yeah i was surprised that they let me go and not trent um i mean i was glad for trent so but you know the other thing the, the bigger thing that was going on for me is i think at that point in my life um you know i had been through so much with wrestling and a lot of it self-inflicted and, and there was a lot of great, you know, redemption and getting to come back and do stuff that I, that I lost out on. Um, you know, I, you know, you never want to be told you're not needed. And I was also like, shoot, I'm 30. I'm about to be 31. I've done this my entire twenties. Now what do I do? But there was another part of me that was at peace with, you know, leaving and, yeah. think, and being excited. For, wow. What's, you know, what's next. Um, and that was important for me too, I think, because I know when I got fired in 2006, it was all about, you know, WWF is life and I got to get back there. Whereas this time I saw, you know, there is more to life than pro wrestling. And, and that was a new, you know, realization for me. Well, so let's, let's ask you this. What have you been doing since? Yeah. So, um, so when I got let go, man, I just, I was like, man, you know, I was like, I'm, I'm not going to do any indies. I was just, I just, you know, kind of had fun not doing anything for a bit. Um, and I knew I wanted to change careers. So um, I had my art degree, you know, that, that my parents made me get <laughs> that they, that I thought I'd never use. And, and, I, and I thought if I'm going to do something different, you know, what do I want to do? And I just, um, I still do this today when I need to make a decision or get my thoughts clear. I, I just write. You know, um, I call it taking an inventory. I'm like, what do I like? You know, I'm like, I like kids. Maybe I could do something with kids. Maybe I could teach art. And so, um, yeah, I ended up becoming a elementary school art teacher. And that's kind of a whole story in itself, how I got hired there. And, you know, WWE wrestler looked pretty cool on a resume. Doesn't qualify me to be a teacher, but, right. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> I uh, the first principal that hired me was a former uh, pro tennis player, Mike Angle. Um, and, uh, anyway, I, I, I got hired as a teacher assigned an intent to earn, to take all the state exams and all that and, and ended up having a nine year career. Yeah. As a school teacher. And, um, uh, then about three or four years ago, I started getting the entrepreneurial bug and, um, ended up be, doing a couple of different things, which led me to coaching, life coaching, business coaching. So that's what I do today. I started my own business. 
um, a few years ago, and that's what I do full time now. I moved, I moved into that. I left teaching a year ago, and um, but man, you you know, wrestling like set all of that up, um, really. Uh, and uh, getting rehired by WWE, I forget this sometimes. Totally changed my life because it brought me to Florida. So um, when when I left wrestling, I ended up becoming a teacher here in Florida. I met my wife here. She's from Miami. And uh, I just, you know, I really love living here. I built up, it's like home now. Yeah. You know, and um, so, um, and, and, and even today, I get to do cool stuff like this. You know, that's why I appreciate you asking. With my coaching, it, it's, I can draw on my wrestling to like teach people, like talk about what commitment is. You, you know, um, if you have a dream, you, you, you can achieve it. You know, it's there for a reason. So, you know, all, all that stuff, it's, um, it's neat. It's like, um, it's just part of, part of the journey. You know, we all have our journeys and wrestling's, you know, a big part of mine. Oh, so. for sure, man. Um, do you watch the current product right now? Yeah, so that's a good question. Um, so I remember when I got let go, um, this last time I watched raw, it's actually, I remember because Miz won the world Ch- championship. There's an IDB in Oregon. And I was like, wow. You know, and, and so me and me and the Miz have our history. So that was kind of, that was cool to, like I'm on my way out and he's winning the world title. You know, it's kind of, kind of fitting, I think, you know, and, uh, bittersweet. Then the, um, uh, not, not even because like, like that can sound bittersweet, but it was because I knew for me, like I was at peace with everything. So it was kind of cool to like, you know what I mean? Him and I were a team and yeah, I'm moving on to something different. He's being world champ. <laughs> so yeah, I get it. Then the, um, yeah, yeah. And the other thing that happened was, uh, what, what was um, Punk's group called? Not Nexus. He had that group. Maybe it was Nexus. It was the new Nexus. Anyway. Yeah, the new Nexus. Because I remember Joe Henning was in it. Or Mike Mavilica, yeah. the awful name. <laughs> the, the new Nexus. Oh, yeah, he was pissed. <laughs> but the new Nexus came out. And I, and I remember I remember seeing Joe and Heath and um, Stu or Wade Barrett, all these guys. And I was like, man, these are my buddies. I'm just, you know, I'm not going to see them. Um, so that was like a bummer. And then I didn't watch it for six months and, and I was, I was fine, but I just, I didn't watch it. Um, and then I was over at my buddy's house one night and uh, he was watching it and he goes, do you still watch this? And I said, no. And he goes, why? He goes, are you, are you scared you'll miss it? And I was like, yeah. And I started watching it and I was like, oh, this is cool. You know, I'm still a fan. And it's like on a different level because I know most of these guys, all these guys are my friends. And what got me back into watching it again was the CM Punk, Alberto Del Rio, uh, a few from uh, yeah, yeah, back yeah. in 2011. And, you know, Punk's a buddy of mine, you know. Uh, so it was fun to watch that. And then like, so and then to answer your question, I, I watched it over the years, and over the last few years, I just kind of hadn't had not watched as much. And I would like check myself with like wrestling friends, and I'm like, look, you know me, I'm not bitter former employee guy. Is the product not as good? And they're like, yes, yeah, you know, not as. But and then a lot of that had to do, I think, with no no fans in the arena. Um, but um, you know, with um. I watched last week and it was cool to have the fans back. Yeah. So, uh, 
you just need it, right? You need fans in pro wrestling because they had the piped in crowd stuff. But uh, I mean, they they did the best they could, right? WWE with with, with what they had. Um, oh, for sure. So uh, I don't watch it. Like I, I still, yeah, I still DVR it uh, every week, and, and I, I might not watch it every week, but I'll fast forward just kind of see what's going on. So yeah, you, I, guess, uh, I follow. I was gonna say I follow enough guys like like Nick or um, Dolph Ziggler's buddy of mine. I follow him on Twitter. So like through that and you know i i, I see what's going on but no you still on. uh you still talk to trent you still follow trent a little bit oh yeah yeah so like um y- you know the um it's not that you don't become friends with any like, but you know you just say you don't see guys as much but but the people i have stayed in touch with are um trent's one of them yeah Absolutely. Uh, him, and, him and Ryback. I talk to Ryback all the time. Well, I did. I did just watch your show with uh, being on Ryback's show, so that was pretty fun. Ryback's oh, cool. uh, yeah. Ryback's a really yeah. cool, cool dude. I know a lot of people go back and forth with him sometimes, but I've always been a fan of Ryback, yeah, even he, when he was Skip yeah, Sheffield. Fun. You know. <laughs> yeah. But I, uh, I know you. <laughs> what it do. <laughs> But uh, I know you got somewhere to be, man. Yeah. So I uh, I appreciate you coming on the show, Chris. It's been a lot of fun, man. I uh, I enjoyed talking to you and, and and getting to know where your career was and and everything that happened and stuff like that. So it was really fun to talk with you, man. Um, do you want to tell yeah. the fans where they could check you out at? Yeah, yeah. There's um, my coaching website, chrispavone.com. Um, I have a podcast, the Chris Pavone Show. Uh, I, I had not, um, I have not released a new episode in about a year, but it's evergreen content. It's positive, inspirational, educational, uplifting content. There's uh, 150 episodes. You can get it on your favorite podcast app. That's uh, Chris with a K. I'm Croft Daddy WWE on Twitter, and I'm Chris Pavone, Chris with a K, Chris Pavone on Facebook. If you'd uh, like to connect there, Mike, are, are you, or Mike, Matt, are you and I friends on Facebook? Uh, we are not, but I'll send you a friend request. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Guys, this has been a pro wrestling podcast with Matt and friends. Chris, thank you so much. This is Chris Pavone, a.k.a. Kalen Croft. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed. <laughs>